0: it's hard to stay on top the rapidly changing literature in the limited hours we have in a day we just released the full audio chapter covering everything you need to know about neuroblastoma as promised here's neuroblastoma in 10 for those of you who want the cliff notes let's get to it neuroblastoma is the most common extracranial solid tumor in children with the majority occurring in children less than a year old dr daniel von allman surgeon in chief at cincinnati children's hospital joins us to give us the essentials
1: how do these patients typically present so in the younger patients they're oftentimes um, picked up either prenatally on ultrasound or in uh, younger kids say two-year-old or three-year-old it might be picked up as a solid abdominal mass occasionally when they have metastatic disease they'll present with either bony pain or potentially neurologic symptoms from cord compression.
2: Okay so if a child presents let's say with an abdominal mass
1: how do you usually work them up? So oftentimes when a child presents to the emergency room they may get an ultrasound which will demonstrate a solid mass in the abdomen those kids then will get a laboratory workup and as part of the differential diagnosis when you consider neuroblastoma it's important to get Uh, catecholamines, either urine or serum catecholamines, as one of the most diagnostic laboratory tests that we use for this tumor.
2: Okay, so they come in, you uh, have
1: suspicion for neuroblastoma, you get the uh, blood work and the urine test, now what? Most kids would then get a cross-sectional imaging study, either a CT scan or an MRI. If those studies uh, suggest a neuroblastoma that is either a central abdominal mass or adrenal mass uh, rather than, for example, a a kidney mass, then the next test would be a nuclear medicine study, typically an MIBG study. The MIBG study is helpful for confirming the diagnosis of neuroblastoma and also can demonstrate a metastatic disease.
2: So now you have your blood work, your cross-sectional imaging,
1: and your MIBG scan. Is that 100%? accurate the MIBG scan? The scan, uh, an MIBG is not 100% accurate. About 10% of neuroblastomas are MIBG negative. Some centers, including ours, would get a PET scan uh, looking for, uh, again, tumor uptake as well as potential metastatic disease.
2: All right, so now you have all of your imaging and blood work and your MIBG scan. Can you stage at this point?
1: So based on the most recent iteration of the neuroblastoma staging system, the INRGSS, it is possible to assign a stage before any in invasive procedure is performed. So tumors that are localized are categorized as L1. If they're localized, but have what are called image defined risk factors, that is they may encase nerves or vessels, and there's a whole long list of image defined risk factors for each body cavity, then they would be L2. If they have metastatic disease, they're M. And then there's the special category of MS for children that are less than 18 months of age who have metastases to either the bone marrow or the skin. Okay, so this pre-biopsy
2: staging system is helpful because you don't always necessarily proceed in the same direction
1: based on some of these stages. So this was specifically created to allow studies from different centers in different countries to to be compared based on the pre-surgical staging of the patient. The prior staging system required tissue diagnosis before assigning a stage. Okay, let's take the
2: patient that has a adrenal mass on the right side and a positive MIBG scan but no evidence of metastases on the MIBG scan. How do you proceed on that patient?
1: So that child is potentially, could be treated with a primary resection of the mass If there's no evidence of other tumor, uh, the mass looks resectable, I would treat that patient with a laparotomy and resection. Some people would approach that with laparoscopy, depending on the size of the tumor.
2: And your job at that point is to go in and remove the tumor and take any obvious lymph nodes in the area? Correct. Okay. Let's take another situation that it is a a very large uh, mass Maybe emanating from the adrenal, but it involves a, a lot of the vascular supply in the area.
1: Now, what? Yeah, the typically those are central abdominal types of tumors that encase the aorta, the cava, other major vasculature, and in that case, all you really want is tissue for diagnosis, and that can be obtained uh, either through open biopsy, laparoscopic biopsy, or even core needle biopsies done by an interventional radiologist. So it's it, whatever
2: your institution is most comfortable with. Okay, so you do your
1: biopsy. What do you look for on the biopsy and how do you uh, manage those results? So it's important what you're looking for in the biopsy results are to get the biologic risk uh, determinants out of the uh, tissue. The most important of those is the NMIC status. You also wanna look for 1P and 11Q deletions, but the most important thing you wanna know is NMIC status along with the Shimada histology.
2: Okay, so NMIC status, 1P and 11Q. Shimada
1: histology. Um, Okay. And what do we do now with those results? So that will tell you whether what risk category the patient falls into, and they can be either uh, very low risk, low risk, intermediate risk, or high risk. It's divided about 50-50 between the low risk categories and the high risk category, and then a smaller percentage are intermediate risk. So essentially... NMIC status automatically puts you into the high-risk group. Essentially, not 100%, but that's NMIC and and age greater than 18 months are the most important prognostic determinants for neuroblastoma. In patients with high-risk tumor, they receive aggressive chemotherapy, including peripheral uh, stem cell transplant times two, as well as aggressive surgery With the goal of a greater than 90 percent resection of the tumor uh, followed by radiation immunotherapy after the chemotherapy and potentially retinoic acid therapy so very aggressive therapy for the high risk group all right and what's the treatment for intermediate risk so intermediate risk tumors get varying cycles of chemotherapy based on the biologic risk factors that they have in terms of surgery the goal at the time of debulking or resecting the primary tumor is to achieve at least a 50% response, and that is from the initial volume of the primary tumor. So the combination of neoadjuvant chemotherapy and surgical resection should achieve a greater than 50% reduction in the primary tumor size. Okay. What about the low-risk group? The low-risk group, depending on the actual age of the patient and how it's diagnosed could potentially be followed simply with observation. Jed Nocturne led a study through the Children's Oncology Group looking at patients less than six months of age with either a prenatally diagnosed or shortly postnatally diagnosed localized mass. Those patients can be observed with the expectation that the vast majority of them will avoid any type of surgical procedure. And the child that has metastatic disease, how do you manage those patients? So Typically, those patients would receive four or five cycles of neoadjuvant chemotherapy and then be reassessed. If the tumor is responding, and specifically if the metastatic disease is responding, then one would attack the primary tumor site with a resection, and many, including myself, would advocate for attempting a greater than 90% resection. If the metastatic disease is progressing, then the surgery is not indicated. MS disease is specifically for patients who have a primary site with metastatic disease to the liver, the skin, or the bone marrow, specifically not bone, not cortical bone, uh, and is less than 18 months of age. In those patients, simple observation can be the treatment path. If they progress or they end up with respiratory issues because of an enlarging liver mass or something like that then you might elect to treat them uh, because of the complication of the size of the tumor but the tumor itself usually does not have to be treated can you biopsy the skin lesions you can biopsy the skin lesions and that will give you the diagnosis okay
0: so that's neuroblastoma in 10 minutes here are your clinical pearls neuroblastoma is the most common extracranial solid tumor in children it often presents with an abdominal mass. Workup involves abdominal ultrasound, blood work, MIBG scan, and cross-sectional imaging. Get tissue through open, laparoscopic, or core needle biopsy. Post-biopsy staging is stratified into very low, low, intermediate, and high risk. N-mic amplification and age greater than 18 months are poor prognostic factors. And finally, treatment is based on risk. Low risk operate or observe, age depending. Intermediate risk, chemotherapy and a more limited surgical resection. High risk, neoadjuvant chemo, surgery, radiation, peripheral stem cell transplant and immunotherapy. Now that you've listened to the essentials of neuroblastoma, be sure to listen to the full audio chapter where Dr. Von Allman is joined by Dr. Erica Newman and Dr. Anthony Sandler to discuss neuroblastoma management in greater detail. Let us know what topics you'd like covered and any other thoughts you have on the State Current app. Or give us a shout out on Facebook and Twitter. This chapter is created and edited by Todd Ponsky, Alex Kassar, Alex Gibbons, and myself, Ray Hankey. Remember, knowledge should be free.